Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is August 2nd, 2021. Every few years, our talented colleagues in marketing tell us we need a new palette for the guide to the markets. They're right, of course. Staring at the same colors year after year gets boring. But a new palette requires us to change almost every color on every page, which is fairly labor-intensive. Moreover, if we do it right, the new chart will simply convey the same message as the old one. The last few weeks have seen a color palette change in the fundamentals underlying financial markets. Pretty much everything of importance has a slightly different hue. However, pulled together, they still paint the same picture, an economy in the midst of a strong recovery, with companies earning extraordinary profits, but inflation running at a pace that should lead to higher interest rates. Meanwhile, like the distorted faces in a Picasso portrait, relative asset valuations are twisted out of shape, suggesting opportunity for those who position portfolios for a more normal post-pandemic landscape. The pandemic took on a darker hue last week as the Delta variant boosted confirmed cases from a seven-day moving average of under 13,000 on July 3rd to over 78,000 by July 31st. This pace of growth speaks to how infectious this variant is, particularly given the more outdoor lifestyle of midsummer and our estimate that between inoculations and infections, over 75% of Americans now have some immunity to the disease. Equally unsettling has been CDC guidance that, while vaccines continue to be very effective at preventing infection, and even more effective at preventing serious disease, those vaccinated individuals who do catch the virus have just as much potential to spread the disease as their unvaccinated counterparts. There is still no approved vaccine for children under the age of 12, and a third of currently eligible Americans remain unvaccinated. Given this reality and the more contagious nature of the Delta strain, it now looks unlikely that the U.S. will achieve national herd immunity in the months ahead, meaning that the unvaccinated and immune compromised will remain very vulnerable to the disease. In addition, because of the greater danger of transmission, individuals, companies and the government are all likely to become more strident in insisting on social distancing protocols and proof of vaccination to attend work or social events. That being said, because COVID-19 now looks much more like a very long-term health hazard, it is likely that society will simply adapt to live with it. Consequently, while the renewed COVID surge may slow the pace of reopening, it's unlikely to reverse it, and the rest of the year should still see an accompanying surge in consumer spending on services. Fiscal policy adopted a rare shade of purple over the weekend, as bipartisan Senate negotiators finally produced a text of an infrastructure bill. The legislation, which includes almost $550 billion in new federal spending over the next five years, is largely paid for using unspent money from previously passed COVID-19 relief bills, asset sales, and assumptions of stronger economic growth resulting from increased infrastructure spending. While this bill is an easy lift in the Senate and could get sent to the House this week, Democrats have made it clear that it will not become law unless the House and Senate pass a much bigger reconciliation bill on a straight party-line vote. If history is to be a guide, these bills are unlikely to pass until well into the fall, with significant partisan brinkmanship. This will also likely delay any further lifting of the debt ceiling, which came back into force over the weekend. This sets up, yet again, the depressing prospect of Congress putting the Treasury to the brink of default and potentially triggering a government shutdown before, presumably, relenting. However, barring some change in the composition of the Senate, it still seems likely that both the Infrastructure Bill and some version of the Reconciliation Bill will be enacted this year, adding further fiscal stimulus to the economy in 2022. 
Economic growth continues to flash bright green, despite last week's announcement that real GDP grew by 6.5% annualized in the second quarter, well below consensus expectations. Part of the problem was in construction, with output falling for both residential and non-residential structures. Another drag was a fall in federal government spending, after a very strong first quarter. However, the biggest issue was a $166 billion annualized decline in inventories. Most notably, auto dealer inventories fell to just 35 days of sales in June, compared to a 25-year average of 61 days, reflecting production delays due to a lack of semiconductor chips. This psyche also impacted July light vehicle sales, due out on Tuesday, which according to industry sources could be roughly 15 million units annualized, down sharply from an 18.6 million peak in April. However, all of these areas of weakness should contribute strongly to economic growth going forward as supply chain disruptions ease and fairly volatile government spending returns to a growth path. Overall, we still expect economic growth to be up by roughly 7% year-over-year in the fourth quarter. However, while pent-up demand for housing and consumer goods should contribute to well-above-trend economic growth over the rest of the year, the stretched-out nature of the demand impulse probably reduces the danger of excess demand leading to sustained high inflation going forward. The July jobs report due out on Friday should also have a green tinge. Month-to-month numbers continue to be very difficult to predict. However, a year of strong economic growth, near record levels of job openings, and a continued relaxation of pandemic restraint in early July should boost the numbers. In addition, we expect to see a smaller-than-usual seasonal decline in teacher employment following an extraordinary school year. Other factors potentially boosting payroll job gains include the expiration of enhanced unemployment benefits in about half the states, and five weeks between surveys this time around, which in a fast-growing economy should help add to the jobs total. Profits can only be described as golden. With 297 of the S&P 500 companies reporting as of last Friday, operating earnings per share for the index are tracking a record $49.11, with 87% of firms beating analyst earnings estimates. That being said, profit growth will likely become much more difficult to achieve in 2022 as companies grapple with slower economic growth, stronger wage gains, higher interest rates, and likely somewhat higher corporate taxes. Inflation continues to look red hot, at least in comparison to recent years, although last Friday's consumption deflator reading, showing a headline 4% year-over-year gain in June, was slightly below consensus expectations. While inflation will moderate from this pace in the year ahead, we expect it to remain above the Fed's 2% year-over-year long-run target, due to strong wage growth, higher inflation expectations, and a knock-on effect of higher home prices and owners' equivalent rent. Despite all these changes, Federal Reserve pronouncements in the economy and markets remain intentionally beige. In their post-meeting statement last week, they acknowledged further progress towards their goals of maximum employment and inflation at 2% and on a track to exceed 2%. It continues to look likely the Federal Reserve will begin to taper their bond purchases by the end of this year, putting upward pressure on long-term interest rates. Moreover, in his press conference, Chairman Powell suggested that a number of FOMC members might support tapering purchases of mortgage-backed securities at a faster pace than Treasuries. This seems to be a tacit acknowledgement that very loose monetary policy has contributed to an unwelcome surge in home prices. To a large extent, of course, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Very low interest rates for many, many years have boosted all asset prices. Moreover, because the carrying cost of even the riskiest of financial bets has been close to zero, markets have become increasingly distorted, with mega-cap growth stocks, cryptocurrencies, meme stocks and long-duration bonds soaring, and value and international equities languishing. However, this will not last forever. Despite many different brushstrokes in recent weeks, the fundamental picture remains the same. An economy that should fully heal from the pandemic, that should see stronger growth in 2022 and beyond, that should experience 
sorry, that should see slower economic growth in 2022 and beyond, that should experience higher inflation in this expansion than the last one, and that should see rising interest rates in the years ahead. In this environment, markets will likely pay increasing attention to valuations. Investors should do the same as they adjust their portfolios for a post-pandemic world. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.